0: chapter one, verse, I think it's 18, 19, 20, whatever you did this morning, I think to 22, I'm going to open up with this because this is the year the Lord really showed me this and he, and it really came out of my spirit during a meeting one time move. Okay. So that means whatever you did last year, and I'm going to be teaching Saturday night on this. The Lord had showed me that it's time to go through the door. Okay. You had to get on the other side of the door that, well, there's a lot of people here who done that this year. It's amazing that they've, they've gone through that doorway of change. But now when you go through the doorway of change, now there's a movement that's going to happen that you're going to receive from God. You're about to receive from God. when you get through the door, it doesn't mean you've received it. You've just gotten to the other side. You've gotten to that promise, the plan. But now the promise is right at hand and the enemy wants to like, you know, suck you right back into your old. And so, but in that, that's where there's time on the doorway of change poster. You know how it shows you the doorway and then it shows you, it shows you Jesus standing on the other side and there's actually some distance there. There's distance between the door and Jesus. He's looking for the trust, the faithfulness, the awareness and so that, this, when you get through the door, this is when your ear gets pierced and you really are to hear now what he's doing. And in the hearing, when you have the instruction, then you can do what? You can obey. Well, if we don't have the instruction, what are we obeying? Do you know what I mean? We're just obeying our behavior, prayer, worship, reading in the word, meditating on the word, but there comes that time of move that you've got to hear it and then do it. It's a whole different type of hearing. And Saturday night, I'm going to be teaching on the hearing. And wait, the revelation the Lord has given me, it's, I'm still going like this with it. That's how good it is. I, so I was telling Gene today, I told him yesterday, oh my gosh, the Lord topped it off. Do you want to hear it? He's like, no, I'll wait till Saturday. Gene said it gives him something to look forward to. Because I teach this man every revelation I get, right? I'm like, oh, my God. Well, I taught it to Kathy Page this morning because she doesn't come here. And this was her. That is awesome. I said, I know that's God because he is awesome. We don't even write this stuff. He does it. He really writes this. But as we seek and we, we go after him, he starts putting the little Legos together to make sense for us for the body of Christ. So this is a year of move. Go ahead. No, no, I, I'm just... yeah, yeah, it it is cool. Everybody, if you're in spirit, this is a move year because you've gotten through the door. Now, what do you do after you get through the door? That's what now it's a different type of move. There's a move that when the Holy Spirit pushes you to be changed. Now there's another move when you're on the other side of the door. And that's what I'm going to talk about Saturday night. But this is what I started for the, our real estate team did not, we worship every Thursday. But this was our first worship today from Christmas and everything in December. So we had two weeks of no worship. So we came together, we worshiped. it was really awesome. And the Lord gave me this this morning for them. And I feel it's for the whole body. It's not just for a real estate team. But it says, for the message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing. Okay, now, I think this is awesome. When we invite the Holy Spirit in, I mean, when we come into here and we worship, that is when we are inviting the Holy Spirit in. We're asking him to open our eyes, open our ears, let us see and learn what he wants to tell us. Well, he's let us know in his word that the message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing. Now, foolish. In my Bible, I write foolishness is love. Anytime you've fallen in love, you do what? Foolish things. Anytime you see something you just have to have, what do you do? a foolish thing, right? So when I see that for the message of the cross is love, it is foolish to those who are perishing. A person who's perishing is a person who doesn't know that there is an other level of relationship in Christ. But it says to us, but to us, that's Mamie, that's me, that's Kenrick, that's um, um, Teresa. I do that all the time. By the time when I get to the fourth person, I'm thinking ahead the whole time. And then I lose it. Teresa and Todd. And um, it says, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Now, this is what I said to people. That is a very strong sentence. Who are being saved? A person was, say, oh, I'm already saved. No, you are saved. Your Savior spirit has been saved. But the person who's being saved, their soul is being renewed day by day. So there isn't anybody in here that is any better than the other person and that gets some type of a card saying, you don't have to seek God every day. There isn't anybody who gets to a plateau that says, oh, I'm already, I'm, I am, I am all whole and I'm not. No, until you see Jesus, then you come to the end to your new life. But on this life, it is a daily, daily being saved. And so I remind that to the realtors today. When we are growing in whatever God's moving us into, we have to remember, remind yourself I'm being saved. It is the power of God. So that means in the move, everything is always going to be by his power for it is written. He gives us two things that he has written. I will. There is no doubt about it. Destroy the wisdom of the wise. Now, he's talking about the worldly wisdom person. And the worldly wisdom is so much different than godly wisdom. And so godly wisdom you can only obtain by really pressing in and getting into the holy place and receiving from the holy of holies. So I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. So that means whatever God tells you, whatever word you're standing on, whatever your next move is going to be, The wisdom of the, he's going to destroy that because like the Lord showed us in the word, the moment God told Moses to tell Aaron what to do with the rod, what immediately happened? The worldly person, Pharaoh, automatically called in his team of wise men and they could do the same thing as Aaron, but only godly wisdom will overthrow so you guys know the pattern of God. You know now that I've gotten through the door. So now God is going to provide a godly wisdom. And then how do you know it's from God? Every, a worldly wisdom comes in and starts convincing you that it's wrong. And you've already been there. Everybody has already been there. A worldly wisdom already sets in and starts to surround you. So keep that in mind. The moment you start recognizing everybody else giving their opinion Everybody else switching their things. Everybody else telling you how it is. You know you've already received. Here, sit over here. You know you've already received your your godly wisdom. And that's what I love this. So he sometimes this is why we lean on the word, because the word edifies us. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. So you that's where time comes in. When you go through the doorway of change, it says, believe. Faith and trust, but then it says rest, rest, and rest. Do you believe movement happens in the rest? So if you're through the doorway, you're supposed to be at what rest, but it's a rest that moves. Okay, we're talking about how this is the year of movement. Okay, go ahead, Kenrick. If you're through the doorway, that means you have gone through a deliverance. You've experienced something of fear, something of anger, that weight that laid down. You made it, the shame coming out. You're through the door, right? Okay, but now, now it's a different type of move in your life. The first move was deliverance. Now the second move is going to be healing. But in that healing is to get you to obtain a promise. Just because we get delivered doesn't mean we're healed that's okay. Right. It's the belief, the faith, and the trust. It's belief, faith, and the trust that got you at that threshold of doorway of change. And then once you get, once you get through that doorway, once you get through, I'm just having you hold that. Once you get through it, now it's a different move. It's a, this is the most complicated move, the healing, because you've got to be now at rest, where God puts you for the year. So there's a rest for some people this year. Some people, there's still, remember, we're all called to different things in our lives. Some people are called to be reconciled to God, just get saved. Some people are called to get a deliverance this year. Some people are called to what? Get healed and receive the promise. But every step of the way, God is what? Blessing you. He doesn't not bless you. He blesses you along the way. So I want you to think about There is a move for every part of that. There is a move. Okay, I feel for this ministry, this ministry has had so much deliverance. I mean, we need to be whipped out with deliverance. We have had so much deliverance this year, and that was the deliverance is coming through the door, the threshold. But now that we've had the deliverance, now we've got to learn how to live in the rest. Because in the rest, there's a lot of movement, but in the rest, you are what? Restless. (laughs) Restless. <laughs> um, this is 1 Corinthians. Yes. And I'll start from the beginning just to kind of catch everybody up. It says, For the message in the rest, God is reminding us that the message of the cross is foolish. That means those of us who died in sin, we have had a deliverance of something this year. When we start telling other people that story is foolish to them, that you had to die, remember, Jesus died for sin. We die in sin. Okay? So when we've come up to that doorway of changed, we're dying in the sin that we were born into, into the sin that we believed, into the sin. If people could get, I I said this before and everybody turned their heads, sin's not bad, right? And then everybody turned to me, sin's bad. Okay. Sin is bad. At the same time, we're born into sin. And when I say that it's not bad, I mean that We all experience sin. That means it's not uncommon to me. It's not uncommon to um, Kendrick. It's not uncommon to Kim. It's not uncommon to Teresa. It's not uncommon to us, all right, because we're born into it. So we have to come to the revelation. We're all equal, right? We're all equal. Now, what you deal with, what sin you deal with, that's between you and God. And, you know, God will put you in a place that you'll be accepted to be changed in that. All right. So we die in our sin. Jesus was blameless. He died for sin. That's pretty deep when you start thinking about it. He died for our sin. We die in our sin. And so that's the beauty about this ministry is when we talk about the book that's coming out, what's holding you back? It's because people don't know how to identify the sin they live in because it's become so normal. You know, we, man, we live in a sinful world because we've got freedom. Freedom. We live in a country that's free. Think about that. In freedom, you have to choose something. You're going to make a choice. You have more choices put before you. And so when it says, for the message of the cross is foolish, for somebody to know that you come to church to die, that's pretty intense. Yeah, you're coming to church to be changed. You're coming to church to die, then to be healed, then to be sent. And so think about it. People don't understand what we teach. Because most people don't want to put themselves through it, because they're fear what people will think of them. But God says that message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing. So you know, the moment somebody tells you what you're going through is stupid, dumb, you're crazy, blah blah blah. If they're complaining, they're what perishing. We've already learned that we have to become good hearers of our environment, good discerners of the truth, because then you won't you won't overreact when somebody beats you up, you'll just smile inside and you'll say, I'm supposed to take this and it's going to be okay. That doesn't mean it feels good. I mean, I'm telling you the past seven years. I mean, it doesn't, it gets harder. They get more vicious, but yet there really is a piece inside of you that you get, wow, this really isn't right. It's cool. They're perishing, but not like, ah, they're perishing. It's like they're perishing to what? Come to where you're at. If somebody is in front of you and you are looking at them, then that means they're already called to be where you stand. If we're the more matured in the body, we have what? More responsibility. So if you meet somebody and you are eye to eye to them, I am telling you, God does not waste his time with just bypass meetings. That means that person is supposed to be where you have been or you come to where your understanding of Christ is. And so when you start talking about what you've been through, people go, what, what? They, the the message of the cross is foolish to the one who is perishing, but God wants the perished one. He wants them. We, we get into a position where we start getting, I'm used to this. I'm getting used to the cycle. Does it mean I like it? No, but I mean, it's what it is. But now it's easier to, things move faster in my life. I get through the seasons. What? Faster. Things move Faster. It says, but for us who are being saved, which we have to be saved daily for those who just walked in, it's a day-to-day being saved. It is the power of God. That is, every day is the power of God in your life. Every day. The the thing that you dread the most is the thing where the power of God is going to touch for that day. Think about it. We keep it alive instead of giving it up. It is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. He will do it. So once you start walking towards that foolish way, that God has led you, all the wisdom of the world is going to come and attack you. Be prepared. But he says what? I will destroy it. And I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Boy, that is a shot Take a knife. Just turn that right in your gut. Oh. Prudent. That's what we're going to talk. That's awesome. Prudent is when somebody who is reserved. They're cautious. They're analyzing everything. They are not going to step until they have all the right facts. But there's two types of prudence. There's a prudence of the world. Do you know what I mean? And now we know you've, you've met a prudent person. Somebody who's done their life so right. They've done it so right. And even the things that they, they have done wrong, they're going to work to change somebody else to do it right. Because why? They're going, to put, they're going to try to put their wisdom on their shoulders and try to pull them along in the world to be, act, and do a certain thing. A prudent person will say, no, 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 I already know better. Don't step out and do that. You know what I mean? When sometimes things just have to happen. But a, there is a prudence. There is a coolness in that. Because a prudent person thinks that they have done all their research. They have got the right answer. Now, There is, there is godly. There is a prudence in Christ where, but you know the difference. You know why? A person who's prudent in Christ knows that word, knows what they should do, knows what they shouldn't do. They've assessed the situation and then they walk it out in love. You don't feel any judgment. You've seen prudent people where you feel what? You feel the cross examination up and down, judge you, slap you, put you away. All right? Because why? You haven't fit into the mold of the world, of what is the world deems as successful. But as spiritually, I like that, will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. I'll give you an example. Rachel Breon, you guys all know this, decide not to go to college. Well, then my family, that's just crazy. We have master's degrees and doctoral degrees. I'm serious. You, the only way to succeed is by going to college. Well, this girl's had a college fund, money. She—it's There's no reason for her not to go to college like you would think some people, right? Isn't it almost incredible that the opportunities that were before Rachel and then she comes to me and says, Mom, I think God's telling me not to go to college. Now, you have to understand, my flesh still kicked in a little bit because why? We have saved money for her to go to college. we I mean, even though I'm divorced, we still did the right thing. She's always had the right thing done by her in that case. And so when I look about the planning of Rachel... She gets a card in the mail. And this is my aunt, who I look like. She's our favorite aunt. She is awesome woman, right? She writes Rachel a card. And when you opened it, she gave her $25 for graduation and then wrote, Big Disappointment. In big, bold letters. Big Disappointment. And then my family has been mad at me for not making Rachel go to college because they have said that is just, she'll never make it. Now, so, I mean, I'm telling you, that and that, take the knife, that's a prudent person because why? They've already decided how you have to succeed. This is the only way you'll make it. This is the only way. And it was like taking a knife and just stabbing it right into Rachel's gut when she saw the card. And she saw the card in there. I think she saw it in front of Charlena. And we just, my jaw dropped when I saw the big, it was big disappointment capital letters and it hurt me because why that's my blood relative right and the day Rachel was born this woman she was just she poured into Rachel's life Do you know what I mean and so it's now but her pouring in was to fulfill a lack in her no and she no oh yeah she does but her son didn't go to school he was one of our my cousins that didn't go to school and you know I mean he did struggle And she just says, you can lead a a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But I'm saying this to say this. The world already decided how Rachel will be successful. The world has already decided that I I would be holding her back if I didn't make her go do it. But I had to go with what I remember when the Lord had me release her. She has to make the decision. It's not up to me. And I can't decide what's going to make her successful because the Lord already showed me I can make you successful and I can bring you down just as fast as I made you successful. So and he does want to show us our own prudence is usually the opinion that we are upholding to move in this world what we deem is good, so or what we deem is going to get us to achieve where we're to be. I think it's funny how Rachel was blessed; she was given a horse for free, and the the uh, the horse's name is called Stone Wall Achiever. That's its show name. And I thought that when Stonewall Jackson was a general, it really much emulates who Rachel is. It's amazing. When Rachel graduated um, high school, she said, someone's going to give me a horse one day. And she was, she really meant it, but she thought it was this other man. Well, it ended up to be a woman that gave her the horse. But when you looked at the name Stonewall Achiever, the first thing I thought is, okay, Stonewall Jackson was a very good general that came in after General Lee, and he made a good, he was good. What he did was good. But he was, and he achieved And so I thought that was a cool sign of God that she's going to achieve what God has set out for her. And he is going to give her what's going to move her in that regardless if Rachel earned it, deserved it, or anything. Does that make sense? If we can get that we walk in faith, not by sight, we can get this. And he will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Now, as Rachel walks and succeeds spiritually... You know what I mean? In her life, it says, if your soul is being renewed day by day, what did it say? You will do what? Prosper. You will be healthy. You will move in the things that God has for your life, which is going to be prosperity. And see, that's what we have to kind of get into that. Are we being worldly prudent or are we being spiritually prudent? Because he already says, in the world, he will bring to nothing the understanding of, he will bring it to nothing. And the most amazing part, he brings it to nothing after it's been risen up in pride. And then he brings it to nothing. So, as much as I love my aunt, I do know one day when she sees, there's something she'll see and she'll realize that was, that comment was what? Wrong. But it wasn't, I mean, I love that it, it was needed because it was Rachel's test. Do you get where I'm going? When Rachel was moving towards her decision and that popped up and you knew it's somebody you love, right? And you love them. Wouldn't that make you think think twice? Well, they love me and they're saying I need to do this. Right. Everybody does. There isn't anybody in here. There isn't anybody that hasn't dealt with worldly wisdom and worldly prudence judging them. See, but in Christ, this is the beautiful thing about walking in the faith of Christ. We do not judge another. We're called to judge our own thoughts, which is where we enter into the power choice, vision. We enter into God gave us a system to judge ourselves, not to judge others. Do you know what I mean? If we're called to be a leader, then that means you're called to mature in judgment of yourself so that you can help somebody else learn to judge themselves. You get what I'm saying? I mean, when when I started gripping this, it was like, that is so beautiful. Nobody, that's why it says in ministry, don't get up and start teaching something that you haven't allowed yourself to be processed in, nor is it a gift that you practice in. I am I recognize, "Lee, do not teach on something I have not experienced. Do not teach on something a gift that I do not master in." only teach what God has taught me to teach. And then it puts us in a thing. So we can walk on this earth looking at people. I'm to captivate my thought, judge it to the obedience of Christ to myself. Can't you just love everybody else? Isn't it easier to love one another as Christ has loved us? Because I'm not assigned to tell Mamie how her life's to be. Mamie's assigned if she wants to come tell me how her life is going to be, I'll help her with it. Do you get what I'm going? The same thing with Teresa or any of our relationships, our relationship should be, we share in love for guidance, for awareness, but we don't share to be judged by the other person. We, we really don't. But sometimes we're so used to being judged. There's sometimes we want somebody to grab these shoulders, grip us and say, just tell me, just tell me how bad it is. And we think we want the truth. (laughs) You know, I mean, I do love this. So it says, where is the wise? I love the question. Where is the wise? Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Now, I love this. Where is the wise? That means we are already built to seek godly wisdom. We are already built to seek to research. So there's nothing wrong with research. Research is there for a reason. We're supposed to research. But where is the wise? Well, as you grow in Christ, the wise is in the word. The wise, he sent his best wisdom, Jesus Christ. Where is the scribe? The scribe is one who studies and studies and studies and studies. I mean, Jean will even tease me. I know Lee, she probably went home and beat that Bible to find the answer. Because in the beginning, I couldn't move in the spirit. Because I was so fearful of not moving in this. You have to balance the word and the spirit, and then you can flow in your life. And it's figuring out that balance. I believe two people come into the body of Christ full of spirit, and you just don't know which one, right? Or then you get somebody who's grown up and is, knows this word like the back of their hand, but neither of them ever really met God in that way. So we, it's getting the balance in place, getting that balance. So where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Key word there, Disputer. The moment somebody, we are called to intellectually reason with God. You know that you are with a person that intellectually reasons with God because when they ask you a question, you want to share with them the truth, but the, you can tell the person's not forcing the truth on you. You ever have those moments where you're just talking about the word? Each person shares their experience, but they're not really disputing. They're just what? Sharing. Sharing. All right, and so that's where anytime you get in a dispute with somebody, I know Kim has really experienced this type of. Um, it really, she's experienced that type of persecution with Jehovah Witness, and they want to dispute that they're right, that it's their organization, and all these things. And it, you want to, you want to fight back, but then there's always something in you, in the Holy Spirit, that slows you down, because Jesus, Jesus would never fight for the truth. He would be the truth and would let it defend itself. And so you have to think about that. Kim is a wise woman. She doesn't force that change. She just keeps living the way she's living. And then one day there'll be that moment because she was already put before you. Remember, the one that put before you is the one that is already called to be where you're at. So she's already put before you. So you think about that. There are disputers and we need the disputers. Why? So that we know that we're on the right path. If you heard God tell you to do something and you started stepping towards it and you have no disputes, you have no worldly wisdom coming to intercede and you have no what? You you have people who come and are very worldly around you. If you don't have that, I would question because God already says it's his way. Jesus did not walk in one path that did not have an interception of the worldly wisdom did not have prudent scribes and Pharisees. So think about this. If if something's way too easy, beware. Because if it's way too easy, you have to ask, is that God? Satan can give everything to us just like we think God will give it to us because we've never received that particular thing from God. Think about it. Okay, I'll use this. When you want your first kiss, come on, everybody knows about the first kiss, right? You want your first kiss. You've already decided who you want it from, how you want it, when you want it, and you work it, right? But see, because you've never been kissed before, you don't know what to what. Expect, but you feel this little excitement. Well, it's the same thing. When God's about to bless you with something, you know it inside, right? And you want it because it's already the desire is already there. But then, when you start stepping it out and Satan sees that you want it that bad, he can actually produce what you think you'll receive. But if there's no opposition, it'll be like getting the lentils and missing the inheritance. You got the short little meal, but you missed the fullness of the blessing. And see, that's Satan's job. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy and take away the power that God has to give you. And because we don't wait patiently, to let ourselves be healed. We don't wait for the deliverance. We don't wait for whatever the move is. We miss out on something that would be better, would make you more happy. And how many people have grabbed something before God? Yes, every one of us has. And so we're still growing up. We're, yeah, and guess what? It doesn't make a difference, but there's all different arenas in our life. You can be, it can be a relationship. It can be a job. It can be finances. Whatever it is, we are not all experts in all of them. So everybody has that. I have this dream that I want to do this. I have this sense I'm going to do this. But now it really is put it on the shelf and let the Holy Spirit mature it. Wait, what? why are we in such a hurry? I say this to Jean all the time. Why is everybody in such a hurry? We're supposed to be perfected in love so we can actually die go to heaven, and then go do what we're really supposed to be doing, which we live forever. When I got that concept, we really live forever after we leave this world. That is the fullness of love we will receive. So we're here to, we really are sent to college on earth to grow up. So what are we in a hurry to graduate? Because he's trying to get us somewhere for something else. Man, when you start, that bears witness with me. I think about that. It bears witness with myself that I'm an alien on earth, that I'm a foreigner here, that I'm a citizen up there. And he's just, and here, grabbing the lentils would be creating your own world here on earth, creating your own dominion, creating your own wealth, creating all these things on earth, and then missing out on the inheritance. Because God says, if you're going to want it, God is such a good God that he'll let you go to it. And he'll let it build up. He'll let Satan keep feeding you. But then think about now what you just missed, which you don't really miss it, but now you have to go back and you have to still start over to get that. You just don't get it handed to you when you realize you made the mistake. Okay, I my best experience really was when I called up to God in my car, I said, I love this man. I will treat him like my husband. Even though this guy says, I can't marry you. <laughs> it's like I couldn't hear that. Yep, we're going to be married. We don't need a piece of paper. And I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. I was thanking God. And what did he do at that time? He handed me over to my delusion. He said, this girl's so strong. (laughs) I am not going to get her from this. So I'm going to go let her live it. So he let me live it. And it was a good seven years until the end. Do you get what I'm saying? Because it had no life on it. But it had the best life. It gave me such the experience that, I mean, you guys know how I live now. You can't get me away from Jesus. You are not going to get me out of this zone. There is no devil. I love it when the prophecy said, the devil can't get you. Remember that prophecy from Eric White? He, you are not moving. That's right. I Right. But he says, well, I can get people around you. And it says the enemy will work on people around you, which is true. When the, the enemy sees that you've become rooted, that doesn't mean I don't make a mistake. It just means that when I see my mistake, I'm immediately going to repent go back to the word, get into that. And he says, I'm going to move you quickly when you do that. He moves us quickly when we come into the right cycle of knowing the power. There is a power of our choice that we really, and it shifts really quick. But when we stay in the sin as long as I did, that means it was going to take me just as much time to get through that. I look at the, you know, I live like that for six years. It took six years for a lot of chopping, chiseling, working, understanding of the truth. But when you know the truth, the truth, what? Set you free. It set you free. And so it says, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Yes. Yes. In time, he does. The key word is time on that. For since in the wisdom of God, in the wisdom of who? God, the world through wisdom did not know God. Isn't it amazing? We can know something and have no wisdom in it. We can know how the world works, but have no wisdom of God. We can know that God exists. We can know all about Jesus. Have you ever met somebody who knows, has memorized everything about Jesus, but you know that they've never really met him? There's no relationship. It is beautiful when you think about, but the world through wisdom did not even know him. So that means when Jesus came to the world, even those who were educated knew the, uh, the Torah, knew the laws. They couldn't even recognize that Jesus truly was the son of God, that he was the blameless one. Instead, they worked to do what? Dispute with him and destroy him. So when somebody's coming towards you, Weeda, and they start disputing something that you know that you know is God. And I watched Weeda go through that with buying her place. Uh, Gene and I put it. We, we even said, if this really is, because we don't know all the answers. People will think because of our relationship with Christ, that means we know all the answers. We don't know all the answers. We do know, I can tell you this, I do know who's assigned that I'm supposed to work with them when I'm supposed to work with them and I need to work with them in the end because that's where the grace is I know my assignment when it's my assignment but that doesn't mean I know everything about that person in the assignment so I remembered when Weeda and I were called I was definitely called to help Weeda through her real estate process and so was Todd but the beautiful thing is when it really came the rubber met the road what was we sat there what is God in this well we had to start searching for where was the order of God in this because godly wisdom is finding his order and then following his instruction. So we sat about it and then Gene, Gene had said to me, if this is God, then I should not having to be fund this because it wouldn't it, it it had to fund it. Cuz he owned the unit. So and I remember him saying it to me. He said it just like that and I felt it phew, hit me. He's right. If it's God, then he doesn't have to make that blessing for him happen. He wasn't thinking about WIDA. He was thinking about him in this, what God was doing. You can be in a room. We can all be together. And we could be working on a project together. But I have a column in that project, and it's not Kendrick's column. I have a column in that project. It's It's not Mamie's. It's not Mamie's, right? I know. I do it all the time. But think about it. If we're all assigned and we know our assignment and we move in the game and we don't cross over, that is the victory. All right, so Jean knew what his assignment was, and Wea had to seek out hers, but doesn't mean they would know the, all the answers. I remember Weida, remember seven years ago when we first met. Wea had a person that really influenced her to try to think along her lines. And this was a woman who had plan A to plan B in every step what everybody was supposed to do along the way. She was very prudent, but I like that. He brought nothing. To the understanding of that prudence. Didn't he? He brought it down. It wasn't her time to move in God. Nothing. Went, and the person's not bad. It's just that the person didn't know the maturity of the move of God. I'm never putting a person down. I'm just using it as an example. Thank God for that person. Because they're the ones that process us. So when we really get in touch with that. There's a power in that. That is the power of God right then and there. We can feel experiences of God. And that is awesome. But the true power in God is how do we move day by day? How do we get saved? Is the pa- who are being saved? It is the power of God. Man, sometimes don't we just want electricity to hit us and we're changed? <laughs> Seriously, don't we? I did. When I came here, I start feeling all this stuff. Okay, God's going to zap me and I'm going to be changed and that's the power of God, right? The power of God is, it says, but us who are being saved is the power of God. And I like it. There's the kingdom. That's when your spirit gets saved. Then there's the power. That's when day by day you carry the power of God to be saved for that day. And then boom, now you can experience the glory of God. And that's receiving the fullness of his love, the fullness of his joy, the fullness of everything else. And then... Why are we even thinking about prosperity and wealth? It just starts attracting to you. I do not worry about my future financially. It comes to me right when I need it, what I need, how I need it. And you really live with no anxiety. And so what we go through tests of our seasons of that. So it pleased God through the foolishness foolishness of the message. Todd, next frame. So it pleased God through the foolishness of the message, preached to save those who what? Believe. So we already believe and we still got to be what? Preached. It pleases God that we still have to be preached to. It pleases God when in our movement, we're letting him move. It pleases him to see us edify each other through the growing of this process it pleases him and so he says I do all things for what my pleasure so he when he blesses somebody you could meet somebody and you can think they're the most rotten person right and you watch them get blessed and you're like what <laughs> you know what I mean why are they get why are they getting blessed and he says do not question who I bless how I bless that's why it says rejoice in all things and it We have to be worked to get, hey, to really be happy for the world. We have to get worked. That's why he says, don't get weary in doing good. And he says, and don't worry about what the wicked's doing because the wicked will have their day. So we sit there and say, they've got it great. They've got, oh, I used to do that. You know, when I was in college, I would think that person's got it great, I'm just barely getting by, right? And then you would think when you got married, that person's married to someone else better. What did I do? Right? You know, like you just, you really do get yourself into looking at the world and he, that's when he wants to put the blinders. Now are you going to walk in what you hear and not what you see? And then as he starts changing it, you actually start becoming, you can enter in to a rest that moves. A rest that moves only happens in the power choice. Now, Todd, what's the time check? Did you like that verse? That was good. I I like that. That's what the Lord put on my heart to teach. And then if you're coming Saturday, the teaching is very powerful. It's about how do you hear? And it's really powerful. It is. How do you hear? And, you know, we can answer that all day. But when the Lord gave me this revelation of how do we hear it overtook me because we think we hear but there's an inner ear and there is the outer ear and there's truly infections of the ear that cause you to miss the inner ear and you can be saved working out your salvation doing all those things and you only know the fruit of hearing is by what you're saying is only by what you're saying so did you have a question Mm-hmm. Uh, is... Well, do you feel the pull because people have told you, or are you, are you feeling it from the inside? Because if you're feeling it from the inside, then God's leading you to go do something. And it may not really be getting a second job, it might be somebody he's actually aligned you to help. I see it every day. Gene leaves this office mysteriously, and you're like, where's Gene going, right? He'll run out that office, and then he'll come back and say he bought a car or he... He went to Title Max um, or he went here and he always comes back with who he saved. And he he had his old Range Rover and something told him to go to Title Max. Well, why would he take his Range Rover to Title Max? But he took the, he drove the Range Rover. You guys all met that girl, Karen. But her assignment, the assignment was done. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an assignment every day. So you might be saying, okay. I'm feeling, if you're feeling an inward pull for a second job, well, just start walking it out. It might not be for the second job. It might be for the person that God has you to talk to. Do you get what I'm saying? Worldly wisdom would say, I don't need a second job. I'm okay. Do you get where I'm going on this? We're a yeah, we walk by witness. But the only way to walk witness out, the only way to walk witness out is to take a step towards it. You have to take one step then God's plan steps towards you. If you take a step and nothing comes to you, then don't take the next. you wait. And so you're right. We move by witness. And so when Gene left that one day, he was gone. We didn't see him the rest of the day. We didn't know where he went. He comes back all hype the next morning. He was like, I went to Title Max. You went to Title Max? Oh, CarMax. Title, car, what a, right, right, exactly. oh, okay, all right, <laughs> right, okay, well, but you get what I'm saying, like, it didn't make sense, now, Gene didn't do anything with that organization, but he went through the process to, when he sat down, Karen was the assignment, so you have to remember, our walk with the Lord is walking in a faith, not questioning, why am I feeling this, if you really is Kenrick from the inside? then all you have to do is just keep praying to God every day. What should I do about it? If he doesn't tell you anything, don't do anything. If he pops a place in your mind to go get an application, just go get the application. You get where I'm going on that? You don't know where he's walking you into. Matured spirituality will not worry about when anybody worries about what they're doing. That's why he says we have to stop man-pleasing and stop doing for what the face of man thinks we should do. And that's why he says those who leave. Now, I, I find this interesting. For women, it never says you're to leave your husband. I just, it, it doesn't, but it says a man leave a wife, a, mother, a father, a sister, a brother. It doesn't say you cannot. I checked that out. I noticed that where's husband. All right. Because women are made for, we are made to serve a man's vision. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean we can't be an apostle prophet. Uh, it doesn't mean we can't be in one of the gifts of the office. It just means that we are, every woman is assigned to help a man get somewhere where they need to do. And so When I say that, I didn't notice that there was no husband, but it does say wife. It says, a man. (laughs) I haven't gotten the whole revelation on that. But what he says is those people who will leave and separate themselves unto Christ. He says, I will give you double of that. He's going to bring you double family, double, which means you don't really leave your family, but you always choose God's choice before them. So I think it is interesting why it does say a man can leave his wife, because it's not that a man will leave his wife, but he has to know the man, remember, as Jean taught in every wedding, the man must be sanctified to God, so shall a woman, but a man's responsibility is directly to God, to take care of her. A woman's is a relationship with God, but her first assignment is her husband, and she's to love him as much as she loves God. So whatever measure a woman loves God, that's how much she's really loving her husband. Because we, we talked to a guy today and the guy said to me, he said to Gene and I, he was 38 years old and he said, and he wasn't married and da da da, And I just need a good godly woman. And Gene and I just started laughing because your assignment may not be a godly woman. It may be to make her a godly woman. And once you wash her, she'll, You know what I mean? But he was saying that the whole time, like his life would only be happy if he achieved a godly woman. And it just made me laugh because he's thinking that she's going to make him when he doesn't realize he makes her. She loves him. And so I was, uh, it was killing me because I also knew that it wasn't killing me. I just looked at Todd because Todd has been my hand slapper on that one since he came into this ministry. Yeah, I won't say that. No, it made me excited to see that somebody was drawn to us in a line. And then he kept talking. I mean, we talked to him for... That's why I was, I was actually late getting here because we were talking to this man. And he and all he kept on saying is... And, you know, Jean was just like, seek God. Gene was really good with him. Seek the truth. The truth will draw her. The truth will draw her. Like, Gene was excellent with him. And he kept getting flustered, going on a different thing, but praise God because that's what we're all called out. That's what we're called to do. And I believe that when a marriage is strong in God, then it it says I send how many out? Two. He can send you out by two with your mate, not with somebody else. You know what I'm saying? He's sending you out to do different assignments. So that's why we joke in the real estate firm, Todd and Chris, send them out by two. All right, go ahead. Let's put on Isaiah 55, eight on the screen. And um, what time is it, Todd? Because I think I'm only going to get through two more scriptures. Okay. Yep. We're almost done. Uh, Isaiah 58, 55, 8, 55, 8. And then we're going to go to nine, but I'd like you to do them separate. All right. In the power choice. And I feel like we did, everything is about the power of your choice. This is a very full detail. So we're going to be teaching this for a couple days. But the first thing every power choice starts off with, if you look, does everybody have the sheet? If you don't, here you go. You have it? Okay. Hey, girls. You got yours? You want one? You good? If you look up at the top, it reminds us that we are sowers. Do you see how it says we are sowers? We are sowers. One who scatters seed. What is a sower? One who scatters seed. Now, seed can be many different things. In the world, worldly wisdom and worldly prudence, seeds are things and possessions around you. Okay? Well, the Lord starts off here with what's very important to us is we are sowers of seeds. Seeds really get planted in the mind first by people's words. The day you're born, Courtney came in to see me today and we talked about her birth. And it's amazing what Courtney what doesn't she look different, Courtney? I mean it's just amazing what God has done with her through the birth. But the moment that baby came out, what is the first thing it does? Hears. I don't know if you remember I did a teaching on the senses. And hearing is one of the senses that's at a hundred percent Capability the moment you come out of the womb. Your eyes are not capable. Your smell is not capable. But your hearing is 100% at its full maturity the moment you come out of the womb. So think about that. Courtney's little baby comes out of the womb, right? And all she's doing is what? Hearing words. Hearing an atmosphere. All right? And our atmosphere, that's why our homes must be created in atmospheres for God. And how do you do that? Play worship music. Only say the name of Jesus. Sanctum. You call every devil gone the moment you say Jesus, and he knows you mean it from your heart. You don't have to scream and yell at it. All you have to do is, I, I laugh now when I see when I see a dark thing float in the house. I just look, Jesus, like, you know, I believe, right? And I see it float away because, you know, people come in my house. So, I mean, we have, influ- I bring home things. I went to a wedding. I brought home a snake. I heard it, right? I heard it hissing. And all I had to do was turn around. I saw it. I said, In the name of Jesus. It was gone. And I felt it coiling my wrist. That's how sensitive to the spirit I have become. There are things around us at all times, but what we choose to bring home with us, then we actually have to war that spirit. But the war is not that hard if you believe. It's like, I'm serious. I've gotten so, I'll stare at it. I'm going to study it because in that study, I'm what? I'm learning how to help somebody else. And I went to this wedding and when I came back and I heard that the hissing was so loud and it was trying to get into my what? Mind. I was hearing it. It was and it was so loud. I sat up and this two years ago, I sat up in bed and I was like, what is that? And I felt moody. I felt, you know what I'm saying? Like something and I, it's really hard to get me moody. I mean, I'm not a naturally moody person anyway. So I'm sitting there and I'm starting to feel the edge. And I turn around and then I started feeling the coiling. I started feeling coiling. I looked down and then I looked and there was its head going like that. And then I just laughed because the word says it, you call out his name. It has to what? Flee. But it comes from the power that's within you. Think about it. All the years of the power of Christ growing in me, being formed in me. Now I just look at it and say, in Jesus name, I mean, and then to watch it poof away is like, and it can't come back into my sphere, but it doesn't mean something doesn't jump on you. And that's the part when you come through the door and you're entering in the rest. Remember, you're used to certain things. Your body has become accustomed to acting a certain way, seeing certain things. You may not see a snake, right? But remember, I just told you, I heard it. I could see it because it's a spiritual discernment God seems to use for me. And then I could feel it. So I want you to think about how many times you have felt things, but you know it's not in you. And you ask yourself, why did I act like this? Why did I say this? You probably picked it up and it jumped on you, right? So you're just doing whatever. And then all of a sudden it has to reveal itself. And it's going to reveal itself in your behavior. And how you agree to it. So, this is one of the best things. When we get through that doorway and now we're in the plan, we're in where we're supposed to be, that doesn't mean something can't jump on you to get you out of that rest. It wants to make you go back to the old way, the old. And I know you've all have experienced, we've experienced coming through the door and then letting ourselves be sucked back in because we didn't know how to war in the spirit. And that's why it says we plead the blood. We say the name of Jesus when you don't know. All you have to do is plead the blood. If you don't know, all you have to do is say the name of Jesus. We talked about it in real estate worship this morning. I said, how many people have had that dream? When you started growing in this, you became aware of the spiritual influences where you just wanted to call out the name of Jesus in a dream and you couldn't. How many people have had that? Right. when you, No, when you're having that dream, this is so awesome. This is what the Lord showed me. I remember I would have them in the beginning like I'd be wanting to call out Jesus and I couldn't get it out. Right. Okay. Right. Everybody in here. Right. You can't. So everybody has had that, right? Okay. It's no, because this is, this is part. I love this. These guys. again. Are... <laughs> because the revelation, see, I like this. The enemy is losing right now. I'm laughing because the enemy is losing right now. Why is he losing? Because we take the time to learn and grow. We're not here to say, Hey, I got it better. You know, you're going to a next level in God. You're going to a next level when you start having those dreams where you're paralyzed and you can't move. And in that, believe it or not, you're in spirit. I am going to tell you, there is no, you are in spirit at that time. And right there, you're in your test. We get tests in the world, but we get tests in the spirit. And in that spirit, how many, has anybody ever sat up and just said, Jesus? Right. And it's amazing. amazing. Boom. Okay. That means you were actually, your spirit was in the war of the spirits. And see, and it made you feel good when. Now there's times you might not have said Jesus, but the times that you got it out, you just defeated the enemy. And and we all go through that until you hit a time where Jesus just will pop out. There is no thinking about it. There is no thinking about it. That's when I knew when I when that when White said to me, "The devil can't get you anymore," because there does it becomes so. I knew that my life truly became Jesus's when I broke my ankle and I was, they had me on all this medication because they, I went in surgery. And out of the surgery, the whole thing I'm doing is speaking Bible verses. And Rachel said, Mom, it was incredible. You were not of yourself. And all you did was speak the word of God. And you and she said, Mom, people were attracted to your bed. And I was speaking just, it was all what was taking over. My spirit, my body was in submission to the world, the drugs, everything. But what really spoke was my spirit. And Rachel said it was amazing. And the doctor was looking at my hand and he looked at me and said, We're of the same body. And that's what I that was my first words I heard coming out of the anesthesia. And so, and Rachel said it was really cool. Like, you know what I mean? Rachel was taken back by it. She said, Mom, you made one nurse cry. She just started crying and she wanted this nurse kept feeding me jello. I was like out of it. And she was feeding me Jello, and I was ministering to. Her. I don't remember anything I said, but Rachel saw that. Now you know you've hit a place, and that's where God wants us to be. So securely wrapped up tight in knowing that He is our God, we don't have to be. We don't have to be like the scribe and know everything perfect. We just have to be so surrendered. Our our flesh and our soul has to be so surrendered. That there is nothing else to say. Do you know a curse word? The only purpose of saying a curse word is to evoke evil. The enemy uses us to say a curse word. And once that curse word goes out, it's to what? Evoke evil. You just called out a demon to come to you. Doesn't mean it can come in you, but you just called it into your presence. And so when I learned that, I was like, wow, that is really interesting. And I love it. Courtney and I had a good laugh because when she was delivering, she came out with a good F word, you know? And, um, and the moment she did it, it was so cute. I sat there. I kissed her on the forehead, and I touched her little nose, and it surrendered, meaning what caused her to say that. Do you know what I mean? Because she hasn't been through all her deliverances, but what caused her to say that, it was like it, she told me today, Lee, when you kiss my forehead and touch my nose, I just felt something just go from me. Meaning that it was God. If you, you know, you have the power, of God, if it comes by the what? The finger. I thought that was funny. Because I just touched her little nose. I went like this. <laughs> We're not going to say that, right? But it's that easy. That's how easy it is. But she was in the position to be delivered. Do you know what I mean? She was laying in that says, A woman will be delivered, then she'll deliver her child. Well, she was in the position of being delivered. But she said she was never aware how it was so easy for her to say that word. She said that word's like second language to her. And then when I told her today I said that word can evoke evil you invite in and that's what I didn't want in your birth room I didn't want to bring in any other spirits but the spirit of God but the spirit of God it's a cultivated vineyard in the spirit that we have to cultivate in our houses and we have to cultivate that's why it says everywhere you land you set you change the atmosphere not by what you say all the times it's just by what you're believing in your heart and what you see and then what you say do you get what i'm saying so anywhere you step into a place we're actually called to help plant seeds do you think about it? like i said in the hospital i was just speaking out verses what was happening seeds were being planted okay i want you to think you are all seed layers and so whatever seed you choose is going to create a certain vineyard around you go ahead, Teresa Creating that type of atmosphere in your home yeah years many many years ago, I didn't understand I mean I had that relationship, but I didn't understand why people didn't want to come to my house, even yeah. my relatives yeah and when they did come. They would go back and I would get this word, you know, I wasn't comfortable there. I mean, I almost, I bent over backwards to make you comfortable. Yeah. But it was a spiritual thing. Right. And it's I a spiritual learn, thing. I had to learn that. And back to what you was talking about, seeing something mm-hmm. and how sometimes it, it follows you, you can attach itself yeah. to you. And that's where we need to, um, a lot of people think that they did something wrong. Right. And they didn't. But you didn't. That's just part of walking in the world. Yeah. Where, yeah, it's, it is. I don't feel bad, but I thought that too. Whoa, what's still in me? If I'm right. bringing that home, right? right. Uh, that was a that was a beauty. I mean, that snake. It had its. I mean, it was large. So I think, what's in me? But I'm not gonna lie. I danced at the wedding. Uh, I, now the Lord revealed this to me. I danced. You know what I mean? And it was secular music. And I do have to tell you, when you come into agreement with a certain song, I invited it. So sometimes we can invite it to attach, but that doesn't mean it really was in me. Does that make right. sense? But it somewhere it says, I'm going home with Lee, right? But then when now it was in my pure environment, it re- it's going to be revealed. Remember, light reveals darkness. That's why you have to cultivate a vineyard in your home where the thoughts, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways... My way," said Lord. So think about it. We cultivate one special spot in our homes, our cars, our things that we can go, and whatever attaches, it's going to have to what Re- be revealed. See, I was in my bedroom. My bedroom. I like it. Even Chris. Chris laughs. When I broke my ankle, he carried me in my bed like that. He's looking around. He drops me. He goes, yeah, I'm not touching anything in here. He said he was so intimidated to come in my bedroom. But everything is very, like I don't even put anything on my dressers. Like everything is very plain and just very, but that's because it gives me, that helps me. That's where I worship. So that room is very sanctified to me. I don't allow too many people to come in there. But that doesn't mean I still can't bring something. When I go out and come back in. See, the moment I came, it revealed itself. It didn't try to play. It it wasn't long when I got home. I got changed, put my pajamas on, jumped in bed. I was only sleeping out. It revealed itself, the hissing. Why did the hissing grow? It can't take that kind of environment. But I still had to call it gone. But I still had to call it gone. Do you get where I'm going on this? I still had to identify that I brought it home. And I, Jesus' name. Yeah. No, I didn't have to even worry about what it was or why I took it. I just knew something came home with me, right? It came into light. Light revealed its darkness. How was it revealing? It was sound first. And I felt the oppression on my body. And then I turned around and I saw it. But I felt it. Do you see what I'm saying? It was making itself what? Known. But the moment I looked at it and I said, in Jesus' name, like I meant it. Like this is ridiculous. And then anytime that's ever happened to me, all I've had to say, that's, it's like you word is good. We need to have the word, right? And if there was another word that popped out of me, but just hit believing, just because of the belief in me, in his name. See, think about that. The one who does not have godly wisdom knows about Jesus' name but it has no power with the experience. It goes home. It can be attacked. It can be, I don't know what's happening to me. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Okay. Because that person doesn't know. Because if they knew, who wouldn't use his name? Right? Right? And you can read that he has a name above all names, but that doesn't mean that you really believe that that is the name above all names. You just think it's a cool name because it's really, it's really the stories everybody talks about God. But right, that's what I'm saying. The force within you that believes. Man, do you imagine when I turned this, out looked? I turned around. I felt the coiling. I was like, in Jesus' name, pow, right? I mean, I didn't have to hit it. But that word, in Jesus' name, pow, it was gone. Yeah, great. Go find someone else's house, right? I mean, I didn't even have to worry if it was standing outside my door. I, it doesn't make a difference. No dark spirit can hurt you. Man, when you get that there but let me tell you something. That's why I'm very sensitive to church environments that dance with spirits. Verse. Oh well, I said if you're a person that's not in the word, no, you can You can, you can mess feel the around. No, you can you can yeah. walk in the atmosphere and you can feel the difference. the dark spirits because you can feel the dark Okay, let me I've well, I could be standing here right now. I could go out and go in Target, stand in the middle of Target, right? Okay, and there's going to be angels and demons all through Target, right? Oh, yeah. It's freeze place. So if I just stand there while I'm there thinking about things, doing things, shopping, there are constant things swirling around me, mm-hmm. dancing with me, hoping to get some access to my thought, hoping to plant a seed, hoping. And then what's it going to do? It's going to pop in a person, and then it's going to come up, and that person could say something really ugly to you. I mean, talk about road rage, bunch of spirits jumping in people, right? Because that's silly. It's not real. Road rage is not real. It's your lack of patience. Do you know what I mean? But when you see somebody give you attitude, it wants to do what? Its job is to jump right into you. And your agreement is when you fight back with it. It says why? The word dispute. Remember the word dispute. Where there is disputes, you've connected with something. If you're willing to dispute with something, that means you've connected to something that's not God. All right. That's why it says we're to step back. Let a dispute happen. Invite in the Holy Spirit and he will give you the wisdom. So this is what I'm saying. When I got the thing that nothing dark can house itself in me because I'm the temple of God, I'm going to tell you that really came alive to me and it came serious. I was like, okay, you wrote that. That's real. All right. Now I'm going to start practicing and believing that. Well, you know how many attacks I got? A lot because I started saying that's not right. I am the temple. Of God. That's not, it can't, But then I realized I'm never not going to not have them. Meaning I'm never not going to walk into a place that they don't exist. So I have to recognize I live on this earth with darkness and light. So now I'm okay with it. I don't want to fellowship with darkness. But when darkness gets revealed, all I have to do is mean it. Call on his name. I don't want to do that. I ministered a young lady that um, really had... um, and, And this is probably... I'll probably... Let's end this, but I do want to tell you a testimony. I just don't want to record it, recorded, but I want to give you a testimony on it. But praise the Lord, because our thoughts are important. I'm just ending that.